0: Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast. At Basana Health, we focus on whole body wellness, connecting physical, spiritual, and mental well being. We are wellness collaborators with our members, and we embrace our community partnerships. Basana Health promotes holistic and functional care while focusing on transformative lifestyle changes. Welcome to our podcast, where you can take a virtual step towards optimizing your own health and wellness. Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast, episode number 27. Today you will hear a recording from a recent one in wellness session where I talked about stress and the impacts on health. Listen in to learn how stress impacts your health and different strategies and techniques that you can do to help these impacts be lessened on the body. Listen in, you won't want to miss out. I thought we could just talk a little bit about stress today and I'm calling it the S word because nobody ever likes to talk about stress. Many people, as soon as you say it, they will say, nope, I have no stress because it kind of brings with it some negative connotations. The saying that people always often hear is you'll never be given more than you can handle. And a lot of people feel like that's little over the top. So the one that I like better is I have survived hundred percent of my bad days so far. Full disclosure, I have high stress in my life at the moment. My mother-in-law moved in with us at the very beginning of December and she has Parkinson's. And so I am up with her all night long, pretty much every hour. I get about an hour of sleep and then I'm up with her hour of sleep, up with her hour of sleep. I'm uh, burning the candles at both ends. So I just keep telling myself that I've survived 100% of my days so far, but we will talk about stress and I will share some of my stories possibly, but hopefully it won't be uh, too crazy knowing that I didn't have a lot of time to put this together. When we talk about stress back in the day, they actually said that the word stress was used in physics to refer to the interaction between a force and the resistance to counter that force. And there was a scientist, Hans Selye, that did a lot of studies and research on stress. And he was one of the first scientists that's being credited with identifying stress as underpinning the non specific signs and symptoms of illness. And Hans Selye came up with what was called the general adaptation syndrome. And he talked about having different phases of stress. So when we are healthy, everything's going well, we have a normal level of resistance set up and our body will respond well, we're adaptive, life goes on. Then we might have a sudden onset where we have a big stressor all at once. For example, a lot of people that are getting COVID, maybe those that are healthy are now kind of getting this, what 12th wave that we're on or whatever we're on at this point that maybe they're having this big onset or shock. And for a while they'll go with compensation, they're healthy, they're doing well, stress isn't too bad, they're doing okay. Then they might come into the next phase which they're terming the resistance phase still building up something, still hanging in there. But then we move into this fourth phase, which then becomes the decompensation phase. And that's where everything starts to fall apart from a health perspective. So we'll just kind of go a little bit more into these different phases. So that first phase, the alarm reaction phase, that's the initial phase. And oftentimes when we're under stress, we talk about fight or flight response. And that's when our body gets this initial <clears throat> response because we're wanting to react. We want to flee or protect ourselves. Our heart rate will increase. Our adrenal glands will start releasing cortisol, which is also called the stress hormone. Our body will get a boost of adrenaline, which gives us energy. And this fight or flight response will keep us in this alarm reaction stage. And of course, we talk about this back in the caveman days when they're out hunting and they see a tiger, they immediately go into this fight or flight response. They're either going to run away or they're going to stay and fight the tiger. Then the tiger leaves and the situation calms down. And then we go back into a calmer state. When we are working in our lives today, oftentimes we are staying in a heightened alert state. We're Constantly in this fight or flight response. We don't have enough downtime and we don't have enough relaxed time. We're constantly operating in the sense of where we have to feel like we need to go, 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 go at 100 miles an hour, and our body doesn't get to have any type of relaxation or decompression. So then we start this second phase, which is the resistance phase. And after that initial shock of having that fight or flight, the body begins to repair itself. So if we're relaxing, everything's calm and normal, the body can uh, lower the amount of cortisol, our heart rate should go back to normal, blood pressure should normalize. We start entering a recovery phase and we might be on a little bit of a heightened alert, but we calm down. And like I was saying, in some situations, if the stress continues for extended periods of time, then the body doesn't have time to relax and rest. And oftentimes in this resistance stage, in the second stage, we might start feeling more irritable, might having more frustration, poor concentration, and the body starts just uh, not adapting as well. Then we move into the exhaustion phase. So that's where we've just had this continual stress, high levels coming at us for long periods of time. And we term it prolonged stress or chronic stress. And oftentimes this is where our body begins to no longer have the ability to fight stress. You might start feeling hopeless or with the signs of exhaustion, you may start feeling severe fatigue. We might have burnout, depression, anxiety, decreased stress tolerance. We'll notice that our immune systems are getting weaker and lots of things start happening in this exhaustion phase. When you think about COVID, since we're in that, a lot of healthcare workers are moving into this exhaustion phase and they're getting that burnout, depression, fatigue, and just uh, lacking stress tolerance because they've been dealing with this heightened stress for so long. You know, we're moving into almost two years of continually having this coming at us. And we're really seeing this exhaustion phase in a lot of healthcare workers. Just another little diagram talking a little bit more about the fight or flight versus the rest and digest. So when we're in that heightened alertness of fight or flight, we'll have dilated pupils, rapid breathing, our heart rate goes up. Our digestion doesn't work as well. So we talk about the opposite side, which is the parasympathetic and that's the rest and digest side. And when we're able to move from the fight or flight sympathetic into this parasympathetic rest and digest, the body's able to relax and not have such a heightened alert. So the alertness will decrease. The pupils will constrict. Our breathing will slow down. Our heart rate will slow down our digestion will improve and our muscles will relax. And that's why we call that parasympathetic state, the rest and digest. And it's important for the body to be in this rest and digest state as it helps everything to just relax people that often stay in that heightened, uh, fight or flight mode will often complain of digestive issues because their bodies just aren't having the time to relax. are having poor impaired digestion. We do a lot with hormones here at Basana Health, and oftentimes we will see impacts on hormones with people. There's something that's called the cortisol steel that the body goes through. And the way to think about it is when you're in that fight or flight mode and you're high stress your body is going to be like, I need adrenaline. I need cortisol. I need to keep going. I need to stay heightened and alert. So now instead of the body working along what's called the steroid pathway and making all the hormones appropriately, all of those other hormones get shunted and lowered because the body's working so hard to keep the cortisol and adrenaline at such high levels. And that's why we call it the cortisol steel. And oftentimes we'll notice that our patients have low, all of their other hormones are lowered and frequently Mm -hmm. it's a result of this prolonged stress phase. When we talk about stress and the impacts on the body, we know there's lots of different things that can happen with the body, but prolonged stress and chronic stress impacts every single area of the body for our brain, we might have difficulty concentrating. People will often complain of high anxiety. Maybe they're irritable, they might be more depressed. They might complain of brain fog, skin, our skin gets impacted, we'll have acne breakouts, Maybe we might bruise more easily. A lot of our patients will complain of hair loss. With COVID, we've had a number of people or even a higher number of people complaining of hair loss. And some people are saying that they're even noticing that it's coming out in clumps and specifically with hair, there's lots of things that can impact that. But one of the key drivers that we've noticed recently is the high stress that everybody's under cardiovascular health. People are having higher cholesterol, high blood pressure, higher levels of heart attack and stroke. Like I was mentioning gut health, a lot of people complain of indigestion, they might have constipation, maybe bloating, diarrhea. And because of that high um, sympathetic being constantly alerted, we're not allowing the body to rest and digest. We'll also see impacts on joint and muscle. Many people will complain of increased pain, inflammation, tension, aches, muscle tightness. Reproductive system. If you think back to that previous slide where we were talking about all the hormones being impacted, reproductive reproductive systems going to be impacted. All the different hormones are going to be less. You know, maybe we have a lower libido. Women might experience more PMS symptoms. And then a key one that obviously a number of people are experiencing right now is a decreased immune system. So this high stress, high Cortisol constantly staying in that state actually lowers the body's ability to fight infections. So we have a higher risk of becoming ill, lowered immune defenses, and just an overall lowered immune system. And then again, on the other side, similar kind of things, talking about heartburn, increased rapid breathing, higher risk of heart attacks, stomach aches. A lot of people complain of insomnia the insomnia and anxiety kind of go together. And I'll show you a different slide in a minute that that kind of correlates that a little bit more too. But you can see that as the stress levels go up, there's a lot of different impacts in the body. So when people come to um, talk to us for a health and wellness consultation, and we're looking at the whole picture from a functional medicine perspective, we look at the whole body because if they're coming and saying my hair is falling out, I'm not sleeping well, I have indigestion, my joints are achy, I have low libido, I feel like I'm getting sick all the time, I have brain fog, you know, there's obviously multiple different things that, that can be impacting that. But one of the key drivers that we have to dive into is stress. And we always ask people, well, what are your top three stressors? And we look at that and we think about that and in addition, we're also looking at what's your nutrition? How are your hormones? How are you sleeping? But just knowing that it's all interconnected. And especially those people that are coming in with high levels of stress, we know that they're going to see impacts on all levels of the body. I have found that a lot of patients that I talk to, I'll ask them and I'll say, well, how's your stress? And they'll tell me, I don't have any stress. I'm, I'm totally fine. And I'm, I'm fine. I'm like, really? Because you just told me that you're, mother died, your husband changed his job, you moved to a new house, your children are impacted by COVID and they're staying at home. So to me, it sounds like you're under a lot of stress. And the response that I'll often get is people will say, oh, no, that's fine. That's just normal. I look at other people and I say, oh my gosh, they're under so much stress. That's not me. So I definitely am not under stress. That's just, that's just normal things for me. And a couple of things that I tell them, one, I always tell people that your, your own stress is your own journey. Sorry, I'm losing my voice, but no matter what somebody else is going through, it just depends. What are you going through? You know, I, obviously I have a lot of stress. I'm going through a lot of different things, but I also look at other people and will say the same thing. Oh, they're going through a lot of different things, but everybody's journey is their own. And no matter what you're going through, the body will tell you. So I have this lab um, value that's um, showing off to the right here, a cortisol level. Normal cortisol level is gonna follow along that green path. It'll spike in the morning, it helps wake us up, goes kind of lower during the day. And then it'll taper off at night so that we are resting, we're calm, we can go to sleep. Oftentimes when patients come in and they'll say, I'm not sleeping. I have low energy all day long. And then all of a sudden I have a huge spike of energy at night. It's often because they have this high cortisol spike at night or patients might say, I have a lot of anxiety in the evening. I just feel like my heart's racing. I can't calm down. I can't sleep. I'm waking up periodically through the night. Frequently it's because their cortisol is high. And when those cortisol is high, it tends to impact everything else. Like we were showing on that other slide with the hormones, when you, when you have that cortisol still and your body's making this high level of cortisol, your other hormones are gonna to start to taper down. And oftentimes when we do consultations with patients, we'll do a full lab panel on them. And we like to do what's called a comprehensive lab review. And when we look at all the labs, oftentimes looking at the blood work, will also tell us that a body is under stress. So maybe somebody's electrolytes are going to be off. Maybe their sodium potassium balance might not be as well. They may show that they're really dehydrated, or maybe even some of their labs will show digestive disorders. But a lot of times, even looking at people's blood work, I can say, even though you're telling me you're not under stress, your body's telling me you're under stress. So then we jump into, well, what can we do to help this? And oftentimes we say, okay, what are you doing for restoration or what are you doing for stress reduction? Oftentimes when we're doing a consultation, we'll ask, well, what kind of things bring you joy? How often in life do we get so busy and we're constantly in these high levels of stress that we don't even take the time to do the things that bring us joy, going for a walk reading, spending time with friends. You know, a lot of people will say travel that's obviously been impacted quite a bit recently, but what are the things that bring people joy? And then we also say, well, what are the things that you do to help reduce your stress? Because there's oftentimes things that we can do to help bring things down. So we want to think about our body, our hormones. We talk about our nutrition. What kind of things are we doing for the mind? And then oftentimes we have to look at also toxins. What is in the environment that could be affecting us also? But the important things with stress restoration and helping to decrease that constant level of fight or flight is focusing on the things that can help the body. Even drinking more water. Colorado, we're so dry. It's amazing how little water we do actually take in. And oftentimes when we look at people's blood work, we can show them that they're dehydrated. But even just drinking water, water is an an amazing benefit for helping the body and to reduce stress. We talk about physical activity, even just getting out and having a walk. Frequently, because a lot of us have jobs where we're sitting a lot, even just getting up and walking for five minutes. Luckily for us, we can walk between our two different departments and that helps a lot, but just getting up and moving every day can help reduce stress. There's other things that can help in the moment with stress. There's a stress, or I'm sorry, a breath exercise that I find very helpful. It's called a four, seven, eight breathing. And the thought is if you breathe in, if you inhale inhale through your nose for four seconds, Hold your breath for seven seconds and then exhale through your mouth for a count of eight. Just doing that activity alone will switch your body from a sympathetic state into a parasympathetic state. So, if somebody's feeling high anxiety, high stress, high anger, high tension, even taking a few minutes and doing that breathing exercise, four, seven, eight breathing, just the shorter inhale, longer exhale automatically helps that body to to shift into a parasympathetic state and more of that rest and digest state. Meditation, many people know about meditation. A lot of people will say, I can't meditate because I can't get my mind to be quiet. Oftentimes people think that meditating is sitting in a room lights off with no thoughts in the mind. And really if you meditate to the full tent, it's just a focused thought. And oftentimes with meditation, I'll tell people, thoughts will come your way and just acknowledge them. Those thoughts will be there in a few minutes and just kind of the thoughts there, let it go. And just having a focused concentration on something for a few minutes can be a form of meditation. Like we said, exercising, even five minutes a day, working your way up is a great way to get the body uh, stress reduction. And then self-care. And self-care means something different to everyone. For me, I like reading, reading is self-care for me. I I like exercising. I like cooking. All of those are nice self-care things. Some people like taking a bath. Other people find self-care spending time with family. But even just doing something every day for a little bit of self-care will help to bring that stress down. So like Tanya mentioned, I am a Reiki master. I've done this for about four years now. And many people say, well, what is Reiki? Reiki is a Japanese technique. That's an energy healing technique. And it uses the life force energy of the body. The easiest way that I can explain it to people is that the body has energy and it has multiple different meridians in the body. When you go to a cardiologist and have an EKG done, you will get a piece of paper that shows you an external tracing of the internal electrical activity of your heart. Same with an EEG, when you go to a neurologist and they take a look at your brain waves, they will see an external tracing of the electrical activity in your brain. So all of the body has electricity. And the belief with Reiki is that you are centering the energy. It's a a really calming relaxation technique. And for me, I do, I hold my hands above people. Some people actually touch people, but for me, I just hold it above. I feel energy meridians and people. I work to center the chakras of the body. That's a picture of it uh, up top of the screen there. Along the body, in addition to the energy fields and the meridian lines, our bodies have what's called chakras. And the body, each of these chakra points have different connections with the body. For example, the throat chakra, it is involved with communication and talking. It also has your thyroid, the solar plexus. This is where your stomach is. It's also thought to hold wisdom and power, but all of these different energy areas, when we do Reiki, I help get them in balance. And the thought is that the energy and the healing will go where it needs to go. It's not me as a practitioner healing or doing woo-woo on the patient. It's just a relaxation. And then the body will heal itself. When I talk with people about healing themselves, a couple analogies that I heard that I really like when you cut your hand and you put a bandaid on top of it, it's not the bandaid that's healing it. It's the body that's healing it. So your body is healing that cut. Same with if you fracture your leg and a cast is placed, it's not the cast that's healing the fracture, it's your body that's healing the fracture. So Reiki is just one of the extra techniques that I do that helps balance and center and relax. So often I offer that up to people as a technique that they can consider for stress relaxation and reduction. And then this is one that is an interesting one that I like also, it's not uh, too technical for me. I pretty much push a button, and walk out, but it's a headset that is called Brain tap. And there's a lot of neural algorithms that they've done with it. You can see in the picture that there's lights on the ears. There's also lights behind that uh, headband. And the lights do the uh, meridians in the ears and the eyes and then as you put the headset on you're listening to what's called binaural beats and it's a certain tone that's within the music that taps into different parts of your body and mind and energy fields they do what's called guided visualization so there's meditations that are spoken and it walks you through different things for example there's one that talks about an ocean there's one that talks about the mountains and then while they're doing the guided visualization. There's also music in the background. So there's lights, there's beats, there's music. So people listen to it 20, 30 minutes, and it's a meditation that people can do. And so that's one of the ones that we're hoping to introduce a little bit more. There, Most of the meditations are about 20 minutes. The first time I did it, I put it on and I had heard the the guy that made it, he does a lot of the recordings. I've done a lot with him. He does a lot with hypnotherapy. So I was listening to him and I was telling myself, okay, 20 minutes, I'm going to listen to the whole thing. Then the lady tapped me on the shoulder and she said, okay, it's time for you to go. I was like, what are you talking about? You just put it on. She's like, no, it's been 20 minutes. So it's a really quick relaxation technique that we do. It's a fun one. So that's pretty much all I have for you for the quick and down and dirty. But basically, with stress, it's not the load that breaks you down, it's the way that you carry it. So all of us, no matter what, go through stress. We all have a lot of impacts every day that come at us. And so really, what it is, is is it's going to be a matter of finding what works, what's good for us, what are the ways that we can help bring that down, how we can get our body out of that fight-or-flight mode, more into that rest and digest mode so that we don't take ourselves into that exhaustion phase where we're burned out can't keep going low immune system the sauna health and wellness podcast is brought to you by atagi plastic surgery and atagi skin aesthetics check us out at atagi md.com we offer plastic surgery skin aesthetics non-surgical treatments, and hormone therapy. Some of the many things we offer include Botox, dermal fillers, Exilis skin tightening, Kybella, skin aesthetics, all therapy, Vanquish fat reduction, PRP hair restoration, PRP breast lift, and hormone health. Follow us on our website at atagymd.com to learn about all of our specials and events each month. Some of our specials include monthly discounts off products and services or wrinkle-free Wednesdays. Check us out at atagimd.com.